the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is one, and may His grace and His blessing be with us now, and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Glory to our God who has brought us today through this glorious feast, the Feast of Pentecost, or the 50th day after the Feast of our Lord's Resurrection. And in this glorious feast, we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit on the holy apostles and on the church. And for this reason, our gospel reading this morning from John chapter 15 and 16 spoke to us about the coming of the Holy Spirit who proceeds from God the Father and who guides the faithful throughout their lives. And earlier in our service, we heard the reading from the Acts of the Apostles, which describes what happened on that fateful day, on this blessed feast 2,000 years ago. It describes it in the following way. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This passage describes the great event that we commemorate today, the descent of the Holy Spirit on the Holy Apostles, on the Church, and on us. So important is this event in the history of our salvation. So important is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of every Christian that our mother, the Holy Church, reminds us of this great gift every day when we pray Psalm 50 multiple times in the day. And in Psalm 50, when we pray the following words, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. With God's grace this morning, I would like to meditate with you on these beautiful words and what they mean in the context of our celebration of the descent of the Holy Spirit today. First of all, let us speak about the renewal of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Psalm 50, we pray and ask God, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And this passage teaches us that the renewal of the Holy Spirit comes only by purifying our hearts. In other words, purity of heart is an essential requirement for the continual renewal of the Holy Spirit within us. If a person is impure in his heart, he is not, he cannot be led by the Holy Spirit, and he lives his life without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And this is catastrophic for any person because it is the Holy Spirit that grants us wisdom and discernment and knowledge and the fear of God. A person without a pure heart, therefore, lacks these things. And even more frightening is the fact that a person who does not have a pure heart is led by many spirits, but never by the Holy Spirit or the steadfast spirit. 
And it is important, dear brothers and sisters, that we do not confuse the Holy Spirit with all of the other spirits that constantly speak to our hearts today. Today, there are many people, sadly, who believe they are being led by the Holy Spirit, but oftentimes, in fact, they are being led by other spirits. I am oftentimes surprised when I hear people say things like, the Spirit led me to divorce my wife, or the Spirit inspired me to leave the church, or many other similar things. Why would the Holy Spirit cause a person to abandon a marriage that God himself blessed? Why would the Holy Spirit tell a person to leave the church which Christ himself founded? Sadly, there is a great deal of confusion out there. And this is why St. John the Apostle warned us in his very first epistle, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. St. John realized even in his own day the danger of confusing the Holy Spirit with all of the other spirits out there that bring about deception and lies. The reality is that there are many spirits speaking to the heart of men that exist only to mislead and to deceive the children of God. These are the spirits that tell us what we want to hear in any given circumstance. These are the spirits that help us to rationalize sin and any behavior against God. These are the spirits that ultimately lead us to our destruction. And the fact that these spirits exist is made abundantly clear in the Holy Scripture. Perhaps the best description of these spirits and what they do is found in 1 Kings chapter 22, in which we read the story of the holy prophet Micaiah and Ahab, who was one of the worst and most wicked kings of Israel. Micaiah, of course, is different than Micah. Micah was another prophet who would come later. Micaiah, the prophet, lived during the reign of Ahab, who, as I mentioned, was perhaps the most wicked of all of the kings of Israel. And one day Micaiah had a vision in which he beheld the glory of God. And here is how he describes what he saw. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, In what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of Ahab's prophets. And the Lord said, You shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Now let's be clear about what is happening here. Ahab is an exceedingly wicked and evil king of Israel who has led the people of God away from God, such that they were now worshiping idols and all sorts of evil things. God, who is Lord over the life and death of every person, has decided that the time of Ahab's death has come 
for all of the wicked things he has done. So he poses a question in heaven, who will persuade Ahab to go to a place called Ramoth Gilead so that he might fall in battle there? And a spirit comes forward and declares to God saying, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of Ahab's prophets in order to entice him to go there and die. And God allowed this spirit to be a lying spirit in the mouth of Ahab's false prophets. And he went there and was killed in battle. Now, before you judge what is happening, before you judge what God has done here, you should also know that God sent Micaiah to Ahab and told him everything. He told him the vision. He told him about the evil spirit. He told him everything. And he called Ahab to repentance. This vision that we've just heard was actually spoken to Ahab directly so that Ahab could turn away from his wickedness and live so that he could repent. But Ahab did not listen to the prophet of God, Micaiah. He did not listen to the words of God, but instead he listened to the lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. So he went to Ramoth Gilead and there he was killed in battle. Now, while the story itself is quite interesting, I would like for us to focus on the specific aspect of the story in which the spirit volunteered to be a lying spirit that would lead Ahab to his destruction. It is the same with us today, dear brothers and sisters. There are many such spirits that speak to our hearts and tell us what we want to hear. And this is why we oftentimes listen to them. But in the end, these spirits are working not for our salvation, but they are working for our destruction, just as the lying spirit told Ahab exactly what he wanted to hear and led him to his death. Even today, we see these spirits quite active throughout the world. We see their work, for example, in the terrorists who murder and rape and cause destruction in the name of their God, as we saw last week in Egypt and as we saw last night in London. Our Lord in today's gospel warns us about the actions of men who are led by these deceiving spirits. Today he warned us, saying, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. This is why the terrorists need our love. This is why the terrorists need our prayers. This is why the terrorists need our forgiveness. Even when they kill, as for example last week, 29 of our innocent brothers and children, mostly children, they need our love, our prayers, and our forgiveness because they have not known the Father, nor have they known Christ. And as a result, they have not known the Holy Spirit, and so they are being led by all kinds of deceiving spirits. The Holy Scripture warns us about listening to such spirits. And for this reason, in Psalm 50, we pray, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
Notice that we are asking for two things here. Firstly, a clean heart. And secondly, for the renewal of the steadfast spirit within us. And this is because those two things follow each other. Without a clean heart, we will never receive the renewal of the steadfast spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the steadfast spirit because he transcends the world. He transcends the ways of the world. He transcends the changes that are in the world. Our Lord told us plainly that the world cannot recognize or receive the Holy Spirit. So as we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost today and we commemorate the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, upon the church, and upon us, we should meditate on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and ask ourselves whether we are being led by the right Spirit, whether we are being led by the steadfast Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And if not, if we are being led continually to sin, if we are being led continually to hurt our brothers and sisters, if we are being led to negligence and a life of apathy, then we should lift up our hands in prayer and say the words of Psalm 50, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit the steadfast spirit, the Holy Spirit within me, so that we might be purified and begin the renewal of the Holy Spirit within us. Second, let us speak briefly about the removal of the Holy Spirit from us. In Psalm 50, we also pray and ask God, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. These words refer to the fact that even though we Christians are sealed by the Holy Spirit through the sacraments or the mysteries of the church, and even though our faith is that the Holy Spirit never leaves us until our soul departs from our body, we must nonetheless protect the seal and the gift of the Holy Spirit within our lives. The reason for this is that Although the Holy Spirit never leaves us completely, he may nonetheless become dormant or inactive in our lives because of the choices we make. Thus, a Christian who falls away from the church and lives in sin does not lose the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit within him is inactive. He is dormant. He is asleep in that person. Why? Because that person has lost his pure heart, as we discussed in our last point, and thus he cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. For this reason, when we pray the words, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me, we remind ourselves continually that we must maintain the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We pray that God will protect the seal until the end of our journey on earth. And it's important to pray for this every day, 
Because when the Holy Spirit becomes dormant within us, it's not something that happens instantaneously. It's not something that happens in the blink of an eye, but rather it's a gradual process by which we fall deeper and deeper into sin and thus further and further away from God. And then before we even realize it, the Holy Spirit is inactive in our hearts. And one of the best examples of this is King Saul in the Old Testament. When Saul became the first king of Israel, he was anointed with oil from head to toe. And this anointment with oil symbolized the coming of the Holy Spirit upon him. And that's why even today, after baptism, we chrismate, we anoint with the holiest oil in the church, the child or the person who was baptized to symbolize the coming of the Holy Spirit upon him. It was as though when Saul was anointed the king of Israel that God poured his Holy Spirit over him. And when you look at a subsequent life, you will see that Saul did not lose the Holy Spirit in an instant. Rather, it was a process. At the beginning of his kingship, Saul was a brave warrior who trusted in God. But by the end of his kingship, Saul was consulting evil witches on the night before his battles to see who was going to win the battle. And for this reason, King Saul is a perfect case study as to how a person can lose the guidance of the Holy Spirit in his life. It doesn't come from a single sin. He is not extinguished in a blink of an eye, but rather one sin leads to more sins. And gradually a person falls through negligence and then suddenly his heart becomes cold. And suddenly he is no longer guided by the Holy Spirit. For this reason, we pray in Psalm 50, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. These words are a powerful and much needed reminder to each and every one of us to care for our hearts, our minds and our souls, to care for our interior life. How can we do this? We all know the answers. We care for our interior life through constant prayer through constant meditation on the Word of God, through constant acts of charity, through the constant practice of love, through the constant coming to the Holy Church and participation in the life of the Church and the sacraments or the mysteries of the Church. This is how we maintain the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And unless we do these things, dear brothers and sisters, it will be very difficult to protect the seal because, as we mentioned earlier, there are so many other deceiving spirits out there that are all too eager to lead us to our destruction. And so today, as we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the holy apostles, upon the church, and upon each and every one of us, we remember that the Holy Spirit is the steadfast spirit who should lead our lives. And in order for him to do so, we must strive for a pure heart. We remember also that we must maintain the gift of the Holy Spirit through our Christian lives so that we do not fall into the same tragedy as King Saul and find ourselves one day bereft of the Holy Spirit and his guidance in our lives. 
May God protect us from that end and may he renew the Holy Spirit in our lives and allow us to constantly be led by him to the glory of his name and glory be to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now and forever and unto the age of all ages. Amen.